Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus is your king, and as your king, he provides for you, protects you, ensures justice for you, and advocates for you. Unlike the public servants of our day who are, uh, well, often known for their ambition and conceit, Jesus is a king who selflessly demonstrates his love for you in that he died for you while you are yet a sinner. His only ambition was to die for his people, to sweat tears of blood, so great was his suffering for your shame. Yes, he is your king because you call him Lord. And as your king, he will never betray you, lie to you, or harm you. Actually, quite the opposite. He humbles himself to the point of death on a cross so that he is your servant. And though this world and this life will bring you troubles and temptations and sorrows, Jesus will always keep his promises. He is always your king who provides for you and offers you peace. Now please hold on to that description of Christ as your king, for that is one side of the coin. So far I have called Christ your king because you are a believer, a follower of Jesus. But Christ is the king of the unbeliever as well. And that is part of what we are saying when we say that Christ is king. He isn't just the king of your pious heart, of your interior life of prayer and worship, or even just the king of the holy Catholic and apostolic church. He is the king of the universe, all planets, all living things, all nations, all people. And yes, if there is intelligent life somewhere else out there buzzing around on electromagnetically powered flying saucers looking for planets to bleed dry of resources, Jesus is their king too. And Jesus is a benevolent king to the unbeliever. The sun rises on the good and the evil, and the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike, right? But in matters of judgment, while we do believe the scriptures clearly indicate that the death of Jesus is at least sufficient for all, it is also clear that not all will be saved from the wrath of the king. So understand what we are proclaiming when we say that Christ is king. We are not only proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the heartwarming savior of his people, which he certainly is. We are also saying that he is the king of everyone and everything else too. But do we believe that? Do we really believe it? Do we believe it with confidence? I think that there are a number of indications I'll give you four. 
that indicate we do not. For example, a lot of Christian worship, particularly that on television, granted this makes better television, but the way that maybe the average unbeliever might scroll across Christian worship on television, well, it often simply resembles cheesy rock concerts that, to me, communicate total desperation. Rely on the apostolic witness of calling on the unbeliever to repent and believe? Or put on a show with a million-dollar soundstage to try to convince the faint-hearted that we are cool enough and therefore God is cool enough to be worthy of your adoration? Yuck. Second, most Christians, I think, view their, 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 uh, their religious life as private, personal, and wholly spiritual in nature. One's Christian faith takes place on Sunday morning and only in one's heart. Our, for example, political beliefs or maybe even our moral beliefs are our own. Or they're influenced by our peers or the media, or the expert class who knows better than us more than our Christian faith. We have come to believe, in the words of a podcast guest we had on this week, that separation of church and state is the same thing as politics and religion. Well, God help us if our political views are based on the secular, humanistic philosophies of our age rather than upon God's revealed will and law. As it turns out, atheists make terrible governors, czars, kings, and chairmen. Or Christians will sentimentalize Christianity. This might be the most dangerous denial of the kingship of Christ of all. Jesus becomes nothing more than the purveyor of good feelings, the entire message or the gospel is wrapped up in one word, love, and some kind of emotional understanding of love at that. We wouldn't dare say a word that could ever be construed as judgmental because we refuse to ever let Jesus be anything but a nice guy who is always there for us. A final way we limit God's kingdom is that we actually recognize the authority or truth claims of other faiths. Poll after poll indicates that Christians are not exclusive in their relationship to Jesus. They cheat on him. They grant authority to gods that do not exist, but are in all likelihood demons that are posing as helpful deities. This is how the Christian Post summarized a recent Probe Ministries survey of over 3,000 people. Quote, more than 60% of born-again Christians in America between the ages of 18 and 39 believe that Buddha, Muhammad, and Jesus are all valid paths to salvation. And over 30% say they either believe that Jesus sinned, just like other people when he lived on earth, or they're not sure. To be clear, Jesus did not sin, 
So if you ever get a phone call from a pollster wanting to know, the answer is no. I expect my church to have a 100% rating on that question, not to mention the exclusivity of salvation through Christ. No, Buddha and Muhammad are not alternate paths to God. And that isn't a poll of your average sidewalk-walking American. That I would believe. That is self-described born-again Christians. You see, we Christians, we really like to complain and whine that on the one hand, the influence of Christ is waning in our culture by the day, by the week, by the year. But it's almost as if we expect someone else to lift and extol Christ as king. It's almost as if we believe that if we privately in in the secrecy of our hearts declare Christ as king, that somehow that will, like magic, make him king for everyone else too. It doesn't work that way. We should not expect anyone else to feel the way that we do, and we have no right to complain if we are embarrassed to definitively argue for the teachings of Christ and for the law of God as being our sole source of authority. And yes, I think that is the issue. We are embarrassed. We are afraid. People will think we're dumb. People will think we're superstitious, believing in blind faith more than science and the facts population that knows less and less about the real Jesus of history will assume that us placing our faith in him and calling him king or that he's even still relevant in the public square is just ignorant, homophobic, theocratic, racist, bigoted. If you don't believe me, remember that just last year, as certain monuments were being torn down in a period of unrest, it wasn't just civil war memorials. Churches were vandalized as well. And I predict that churches will be more and more frequent targets of vandalism and desecration as Jesus himself comes to be seen as the root of the problems in our civilization, not the solution. And that really is the tragedy then, of the Christian's hesitancy of proclaiming that Christ is not only the king of the church, but the king of the world. It keeps the world from benefiting from his reign. I guess because of previous inquisitions and witch hunts, Christians are embarrassed to promote Christ as the basis for our civilization, but in so doing, they are depriving the world of his reconciliation, the restoration, the peace and hope and joy that are the result of faith in Christ. A Christian pastor once said it like this, let's say you're walking home late one night in a dark and scary alley, and all of a sudden five large men come walking your way. Do you hope that they are leaving a Bible study or a bar? Maybe they could be having a Bible study in a bar, but usually not. The best thing that could ever happen to the world would be that everyone would come to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is king of the world and acknowledge him 
as such. That wouldn't make Jesus any more a king than he already is, but it would spread the fruit of his reign further and wider. And then, and only then, would we be much closer to having the world that we all say we want. Amen.